Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, Parlor, and Instagram. And of course, be sure to visit www.mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Hello, my name is Audrey, and this is my husband, Henry. We don't want to hurt you or your baby. We feel this would be the best way for you to go missing. Dr. Walsh, huh? Morning. Here to clean your drive. No, no, everything's okay. Thank you so much for the book. Hail Satan. No one has more time than a grieving family. We can do this. He's coming back to us. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 314. Out now on Shudder is Anything for Jackson, an anti-nativity horror movie that stars Sheila McCarthy and Julian Richens as grieving grandparents that do a deal with the devil to bring back their beloved grandson Jackson through a reverse exorcism ritual involving a heavily pregnant woman played by Constantina Mantelos. One of the best horror movies of 2020, Anything for Jackson boasts great performances, terrific pacing, and some of the best scares this or any other year. Joining me now to talk about Anything for Jackson is is the film's director, Justin G. Dyke, and writer, Keith Cooper. Boys, I thank you very much for joining me today on the podcast. Well, thanks so much for having us. It's it's, uh, it's a pleasure. Um, so, Justin, I want to begin with you because your fa- career is really fascinating to me. So you have this kind of long, impressive list of the Christmas movies to your name. But I read that initially your initial um, aspiration as a filmmaker was to do horror movies. So how did it uh, happen that you just found yourself um, working on these kind of Christmas movies, holiday-themed movies? And when did you know it was time to kind of revert back to that initial passion of yours and get back into the world of horror? Uh, well, the the best advice I ever received about filmmaking was "fake it till you make it." So <laughs> I just I just kept telling people I was a director, um, and then uh, one day they hired me to do so. Um, so I was I was working as a cinematographer and editor. Uh, I was directing you know music videos and anything I could get my hands on to try to build up a resume, and uh, working with a wonderful company making as a cinematographer. And I said, hey, you guys have a lot going on. Could you find uh, financing for uh, you know a small independent horror film? Um, so the producer said, yeah, let me look into that. So she went off to uh, to Mipcom or, or one of the many shows, came back and said, all right, good news. I found financing for a horror mo- for a movie, but it's uh, it's not a horror movie. It's this movie about a kid who plays soccer with a monkey. And I said, oh, well, that's that's an interesting option. But uh, (laughs) hey, I haven't made a movie yet. So let's let's go with that. Um, So, yeah, that was my my first feature. uh, And it did well enough for, uh, you know, within that uh, that market. So that led to another one, which led to another one and eventually um, into the the Christmas movie space. And um, yeah, it sort of just became we never really gave up pursuing a horror film. 
Um, but it just became a, a day job and a wonderful day job. I was working with actors, working with crews, getting better every single day. I'm directing on set. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's hard to get an indie horror film made, but it's, uh, you know, if you can make a, a Christmas movie that has a, you know, slightly predictable plot and, and, you know, people falling in love, then there's a lot of people going to watch that. So, um, I got to continue making those and, and getting better while Keith and I, you know, came up with new ideas, went to new, new places to pitch and, uh, and eventually find the money to make our, uh, our first horror film. Keith, you've worked with Justin a number of times previously, especially on these Christmas movies. Did you know of his initial aspirations in regards to doing a horror movie? Is that, and is that something that you yourself also wanted to do? Um, or is it something kind of like you went uh, along for the ride with Justin here and you're like, you know what, let's see where his horror movie kind of uh, thing can take us? Uh, no, no, it was definitely very calculated. Um, we, Justin, as, as Justin said, we met when we were about seven or eight years ago. Um, and this was the goal right from the beginning was, mm. you know, I, I grew up loving horror movies. Um, and Justin, uh, obviously had a fair number of horrors that he'd loved. Um, and so we'd gone back and forth a bunch of times and this was always the goal. Um, but as Justin said, you know, sometimes you just, you get other offers and, and that's what's on the table, especially in Canada. It's a, it's a different experience. Um, you know, uh, uh, pitching horror movies and things. So it, funny enough, we really just, uh, we, we also didn't really have very much experience going out and pitching things. Hmm. Um, we were lucky enough to find, as Justin said, a great partner here that just kind of, uh, was fortunate enough to give us a lot of great work and let us get good at our craft. Um, but yes, no horror was always the goal. Uh, and it just took a little while for us to kind of, uh, break out on our own and, and make our first one. In my opinion, um, not to say that anything for Jackson, anything for Jackson is a exorcism movie in a traditional sense or in any way. But since Paranormal Activity, I think that type of film has replaced the slasher as kind of like mm. the, the best kind of movie for a lot of kind of debuting indie filmmakers that kind of put their toe into the horror genre because um, that film showed that you can have a small budget and you can do a lot of cool things with it. Um, um, but this idea of a reverse exorcism movie how did you come up with this concept like justin is this something that you had in mind for quite a while um were you like you know what people haven't done this in the genre yet because i myself haven't really heard the term before until i heard until i heard about your film yeah it's sort of it's sort of something keith and i keep in our heads when coming up with with ideas for new films is we always want to subvert expectations so um we we were in a uh, we were in a pitch meeting uh trying to get uh, another project off the ground and they said oh this is cool do you have anything in the sort of the paranormal space and uh, uh of course we said yes we we have several of those uh so we got back to the car and decided all right we have an hour and 20 minute car ride to come up with a bunch of paranormal films um so, so we went through and we started going through all the subgenres and said, okay, you know, an, a, a ghost exorcism movie. How do we, how do we turn that on its head? What's the opposite of an exorcism? And mm. we just very plainly said, well, that's a reverse exorcism. Um, and that was, that was, I think the, the seed that became all of this. Um, and I think it was within, within the next 12 months that that idea um, became a script got financed and we uh, and we rolled cameras what's 
Something that's really interesting to me is that the main characters in the film, Audrey and Henry, they are Satanists. And the whole concept of what a Satanist is has really changed over the decades. I mean, you you go on to from those kind of like 50s and 60s movies and the kind of thing that like um, Peter Fonda did back in those days and to the 80s of Satanic Panic. And now the term Satanist kind of represents this kind of progressive activism that's happening out there, this kind of weird thing that, that that's going on with the term there. And one thing I wrote in my movie regards to uh, one thing I wrote in my review in regards to your movie is that you guys brought the fear back into Satan. Um, and I, I, and what I was really drew me into that kind of world of what you guys did in this film is a whole concept about ritual and worship. Um, Keith, when it came to creating this sort of anti-religion in your movie, did you draw in any type of real concepts in regards to the real Satanism in the real world? Is there anything in regards to demonology or any of that stuff that you've picked on to put into your movie? Or did a lot of the kind of like um, names of demons and rituals and such, is that something that you guys made up for this movie? Uh, no, no, I, I, I tried to do, uh, I did as much re- research as I could. Uh, obviously, as Justin said, it was a short period of time, but uh, I also, I didn't want to offend anybody, you know, I mean, they're not my beliefs. Um, but the same thing, if I was making a movie about Christians, I would do my research uh, for Christians, so I wasn't trying to be offensive. Um, but something that uh, uh, Justin and I talked about a lot, I think this was Justin's idea early on that I really liked, was, you know, every religion sort of has the same version of everything right whether it's zeus or god or you know whatever like they they just have different names for them so that was a really big thing for us was to kind of um create this this book where every version of humanity has seen um these creatures or these demons or uh whatever we we whatever these entities that we have um and so we just went with whatever name we felt like that period of the book would have called it um, so, you know, uh, at the end, uh, I, I know we're probably trying to go as spoiler free as we can here, but, uh, um, the, the names of the demons are definitely names that we found in our, in that I found in my research for sure. Justin, what's something that's really cool about the film is that you humanize the lead actors, even though they are doing very bad things. There is a reason why they're dealing with grief and i think grief is really emotional that for some for some people could be really kind of palpable they can really kind of latch onto. how important is it to kind of bring the humanity in your monsters that you have in your film well it was especially because the story was told from their perspective um it was it was critically important if uh i think you know the original concept was let's tell the story from becker's perspective the, the victim here um, and then I think it would have been, I think, more predictable to say, you know, now these two are monsters. We The only time we see them is when they, you know, unlock the door and sneak into the room to do something horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but even that, again, going back to our, our you know, the original spot, the, uh, the idea came from is you have to subvert these expectations. So really, anytime... Uh, we'd come up with an idea. If that idea came fast enough, we said, well, that's, that's because it's expected. What's, what's next? What else? Um, so, so yeah, when, when they became the leads, it, it's critically important to humanize them. Um, and I, I don't think it was overly difficult given the subject matter. It's, you know, as you say, it is about grief. Um, and there's, there's little people won't do when, when dealing with grief. And if, if you, if you tell somebody, you know, hey, you can get back a lost loved one. Um, 
they're going to say what, you know, what's it going to cost me? And, uh, and for some people, there's no cost that's too high. Keith, when it comes to finding the actors for the roles of Audrey and Henry, um, you guys really hit it out of the park in casting Shirley McCarthy and Julian Richings. Did you guys, did you know of these actors beforehand? Um, was there an extensive audition process and trying to find them? How did you come across casting these characters with these particular actors? Because they were just, like I said, terrific in the roles. Yeah, they really were. Um, and honestly, this one was just, this was a no brainer. It, we got really lucky um, when I was about, I think even not even, I think I was only about a quarter of the way through Justin had watched uh, this great movie called Cardinals with mm. Sheila McCarthy. Um, and, uh, and he was like, Oh, he's like, you know, he's like, what about this for Audrey? He's like, could you, you know, can we write with this in mind? I've got a friend of a friend who we might be able to get in touch with her um you know through them and i said okay so let's do that and then i'd known julian's work forever and uh same thing i'd known friends of friends who knew him so i said okay well we'll aim for those two and then if we get lesser versions of that then that'll still you know at least that was our benchmark so i wrote it uh for sheila and for julian in mind um and then uh we had a great casting director rebecca lamarche um, who just helped out with the rest. She found Constantina, she found Josh. Um, and luckily with Justin's background, making all those Christmas movies, we'd already had, uh, he'd already had great relationships with Caitlin and, uh, Lynette, um, Scott and Claire, like, you know, so it was, it was, it was very easy. Um, for, I mean, I say it's very easy because we had Rebecca, so, you know, but, uh, mm -hmm. uh, she's just very good at her job. One of my favorite um, characters in the film is that of Ian and yes. what's really cool about that character is that if you're dealing with a religion even a religion uh, of very uh, beliefs like a sat uh, satanist beliefs um, you have your fanatics within that religion and to me the Ian character really kind of presents that the fanaticism of any religion especially in regards to this one um, played by Josh Crudders how how did he it's just so interesting how he approached that character. It's kind of like really kind of quiet, kind of introverted, and then not to give away too many spoilers, of course, kind of comes out of his shell near the end of the mm -hmm. film. Um, number one, casting Josh Credis in that film, Justin, and number two, um, creating that character. Was the initial thought you had to kind of bring a balance to the kind of belief system, belief structure, um, type of believers in this world? Because while Audrey and Henry are, are really dabbling into some kind of stuff in supernatural almost kind of seems like they've got one toe in the deep end and one toe kind of out where ian is all the way in immersed in this religion yeah well i think i think he i think i broke my own rule when when i first started reading the script and i pictured ian as a more more of a stereotype i thought he had to be tall big um you know, daunting, especially, you know, he should be able to overpower Henry easily and be an intimidating force. Mm. Um, so I was looking for your, you know, big, broad-shouldered guy with a ponytail. Um, Almost like someone from like a Black and Middle video or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, and then when we saw Josh, Josh didn't even read for that part originally. He read for two other roles. Mm. And we just fell in love with him as an actor because we saw his um, his range in those two other auditions. And we said, what what would it look like for this guy to be Ian? And I said, oh, my gosh, that's 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 the right way to go, because you're expecting a, you know, a guy from a death metal band. Um, 
And this guy, you know, not that not that Josh couldn't be in one, but uh, he was just far more unique. Um, and we just asked him, you know, would you be interested? And what he brought to that role um, took me by surprise, which is why uh, which is why film is such a collaborative medium. Um, okay. You know, I I'm uh, I'm not a painter. I can't draw. So, you know, creating art on my own is, uh, you know, is not one of my strong suits. But getting to work with geniuses like uh, like Josh um, is, uh, is just such a fun way to, to create. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where he came from. And and he really brought so much to that character that, uh, that I had blindly not, not seen from the beginning. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of, uh, sorry, what was the second half of your question? Just about his, his connection with the, uh, with the religion. Well, it's really interesting in that, his character represents the more fanatical part of the religion where it seems like Aubrey and Henry had kind of like one toe in one toe out. He was the character that Ian was really immersed in the deep end and how important was it to show that kind of balanced structure within that religion, especially that group, because it's like a group that kind of converges in the local library and, and such. And a lot, there's actually one pretty good line where, um, the end of the film, one of the members of the of the group actually calls up um, um, Henry and she's like, look, I don't even believe in this stuff. I just came along to <laughs> meetings where Ian is like fully into it. How important was it to show the fanatical side of this religion uh, in regards to having a balance structure and how this religion kind of plays out in your movie? Yeah, it was, I, I think it comes down to realism. Um, I think in any church, you can find those people. You can find, uh, you know, you can find the kid who's there because his parents dragged him along and you can find the people who, uh, you know, who found this religion on their own accord and, um, and, and jumped in with both feet. So, so Ian is that he's a, uh, he's a bit of a social reject and, uh, and he, you know, he found something, he's, he found a way to define himself. Um, in, in this, in the Satanism. So that's, that's why he's there. Henry and Audrey um, are there through desperation. They discover, you know, just seeking out ways to get their grandson back. Um, someone must've told them about this church or maybe they found it online. And I thought, well, you know, these people might know something. Um, and then, uh, yeah. Um, what was Caitlin's name, Keith? Uh, Yolanda. Yolanda, Yolanda uh, was, yeah, she's there. I think she probably dabbles. She's probably been, you know, she was Wiccan for a few years and now mm. she's into Satanism. And uh, I think she just enjoys the attention. Um, and so, yeah, it was sort of, you know, they represent just how broad any community is. That's It's all made up of very different people um, and they all go at it, come at it from different angles. So um, that's, yeah, I, I think it was very important to show all that. So I, I said in my introduction that I believe that um, this film is one of the best horror movies of the year, and I think it has some of the scariest scenes I've seen all year as well. Um, and I think a big part of that is the variety of kind of the ghosts and creatures that are in the film. Keith, how did you and Justin kind of come up with these kind of monsters, um, and especially in regards to the look of them? Um, is this stuff that's fleshed out on the page, or do you also have a visual accompaniment with it? Is there storyboards, anything like that? Or is it all on the page and all kind of like adding textures to it on set with different costumes and props and et cetera. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a bit of everything. It was, um, so originally I designed the ghosts. Um, I wanted to kind of go a different way. So I, uh, I did, 
I looked into some dream analysis. Hmm. Um, and so each ghost, uh, kind of represents uh, a different fear or, uh, meaning of, um, dreams. I'm not sure how much spoilers we're trying to do, but, uh, you know, uh, the, the first, uh, ghost that appears to Henry, um, in that, uh, if you look at dream analysis, it's about, uh, losing control. And that's sort of the moment that Henry has lost control. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was important for that. And, um, um, same thing with Audrey. The first one that appears to her is about her grief and her loss and things just, um, um, getting too big for her. Uh, you know, uh, so hard to try and describe these things. Um, uh, so yeah, so that was really important. So I, I think we'd known exactly what we were hoping for. And then luckily we had, uh, an incredible makeup, uh, special effects artist, Carly Morse, um, who just, you know, as Justin says, you know, if you, it's, it's collaborative. So you come with a great idea and you're lucky when somebody isn't, is, is as talented as Carly, who can just make it better, you know? So for as flushed out as we thought they were, Carly just comes in and, and adds, you know, that extra hundred percent. That's just incredible and just makes it so much better, so much better than you, you could even see. Justin, you know, uh, one of the creatures or ghosts in the film that everyone is talking about is the suffocating ghost. And, you know, I have to admit <laughs> when I was watching this film and that hit the screen, I didn't know, no, know where it was going to go. I did not know what to expect. I don't really remember seeing anything quite like that. Um, and it scared the shit out of me, <laughs> just to be quite blunt, blunt here. Um, how did you guys come up with the concept of the suffocating ghost? And how much was it that the actor uh, Troy James, and for a lot of people who don't know Troy James, he's actually a contortionist, really made a name for himself. I, feel, I think it was like a couple of years ago on uh, America's Got Talent. Um, how, did, how, how did what he brought to the table in regards to his skill set really kind of did it at all change the way you were, were approaching this ghost? Was it always the intent of having to kind of be this kind of like Wrigley kind of Riley on all fours kind of creature that he was? Or was that something that like when you cast Troy James and you're like, ha, huh, I think we could do something really cool with his skill set here? Yeah, the, the original script, I believe, had him uh, tied up under the bed. Right. Um, yeah, that's right. So he... He wriggled out and and had to you know slide across the floor because his his hands and feet were bound and uh, you know each of these um, lost souls have their own little backstory that's um, you know how they got there and why they are stuck in this uh, this purgatory. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was the idea for him, but then when we when we landed on getting Troy James um, or even just, we decided we should go for a contortionist and we, we just, we figured out that may actually be possible for us. We said, well, you know, they don't have to be tied up anymore. We can, you know, the story we came up with was maybe, you know, all of his, his arms and legs were broken. So he, that's why he can move so differently. So um, yeah, it, the, the, the blocking, I guess, if you will, of hit, you know, he comes up from under the bed, crawls along the floor and then gets up onto the bed. That was there from the script stage. Um, so that's a hundred percent Keith's twisted mind. Um, and then, uh, when we landed on Troy, we just, you can get from point A to point B in ways that I have never seen before. Um, so we work very closely with Troy because it's, it's not like there's a, (laughs) it's not like I could get down and say, okay, Troy, do it like this. That that's not going to get us anywhere. (laughs) Um, so yeah, or Troy, how can you move from here to there? What, what are your different ways of, you know, standing up from the ground and he, he can do it a hundred different ways. (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, working with him was an incredible experience because you just, you never know what to expect. It's, it's a whole new, uh, it's a whole new, you know, piece of clay to mold. Um, cause he's, he's so incredibly unique. What's the reaction when you're watching Troy do this stuff? Like Constantine is tied up on this bed. Um, the suffocating ghost clearly has her in his mm-hmm. sights. He does what he does, which is just amazing. I mean, what's the reaction when you're watching him? Kind of like you saying, "Okay, Troy, show us what you got." And when he's showing you what he, he he's got, like, what, what what's the kind of how do you all kind of react to this thing? Because I was just like, "This is just crazy." <laughs> Yeah, well, there were, I think everyone on set was behind the monitor that day. Everyone had to see Troy do his thing. Um, and, I think someone, and yeah, even, I, sorry, Justin, not to cut you off. I think, I think a few people came in just knowing that he was coming in to do this and wanted to watch. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think one of the makeup artists who was there just for the day, she came in, you know, not not knowing what to expect. <laughs> she came around the corner and uh, we were we had already cut. So she comes in and then Troy leaves set. But instead of just standing up and walking out, he came out backwards and upside down. Oh, and God. she screamed so loud when he came around the corner because she didn't know it was happening. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of fun like that on set. But, uh, you know, as you say, when he is you know, on top and upside down of Constantina, his awareness is incredible. Like Constantine, he would, you know, ask Constantine, are you okay? You know, I don't want to bump you here. And she's like, I can't even feel you up there because somehow he managed to know where every limb is at any time. And he's, yeah, not even, you know, not even bumping her or anything. So um, it was, yeah, it was wild to watch. And Constantina, I think, <laughs> was terrified and having a great time all at the same time. And she and Troy got along really well, which is helpful. <laughs> um, final question here for both of you. So you have anything for Jackson is in the can. It's released and the reaction has been so overwhelmingly positive and, and deservedly so. Um, now you have this taste of horror. Um What's next in regards to this genre? Is it back to doing horror filmmaking again? Um, is it that anything with Jackson, you got that in your in your craving for this horror movie has been fulfilled? Or are we going to expect some more? Because I'm really hoping that you two really do do some more. Keith, you can go ahead and answer that first. Um, definitely more. Uh, I mean, you know, again, because I've loved horror forever, uh, I have so many ideas. Um, and luckily with the success, uh, it's been, it's been overwhelming for us. Um, but it's opened a lot of doors, um, that we didn't have open to us before. And luckily those people also, uh, really love horror and really like anything for Jackson and have been asking us, uh, for more. And luckily we have lots more. So that's, uh, that's definitely the way we're headed. Justin. Yeah, it took it took us seven years to make this one. Um, I guess because you, uh, when you show up with a monkey movie under your belt, they don't say, "Oh, well, you would be perfect to uh, for us to give you thousands and thousands of dollars to make a horror movie." Uh, but now that we have one, people are uh, yeah, the the phone's getting answered more often. So um, hopefully, it does not take another seven years. Um, and uh, yeah, as Keith said, we have we have more scripts and ideas than uh, than we'll have time to make. So. Um, let's just, uh, yeah, looking forward to getting started on the next one and, and seeing, uh, seeing where that takes us. So for everyone listening, anything for Jackson out now on Shudder, it's so great here in Australia, Shudder just released this year, <clears throat> which is perfect timing considering everything that's happening in the world. 
in so many great movies on there, and I think anything for Jackson is one of the one of the best ones, if not the best one I've seen in that platform this year. Um, and congratulations, congratulations to you, Justin, and to you, Keith. And again, thank you for your time. And I cannot wait to see what you guys do next because um, I just absolutely love this film. I love what you guys did, and I can't wait to see what what is next from both of you. Well, thanks so much for the kind words. This has been yeah, uh, a lot you. of fun. Really appreciate it.